The following pre-recorded program is paid for by SSI Guardian. Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg. With your host, psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark and co-host Debbie Nash, Living Well with Dr. Peg explores a variety of mental health, wellness, and safety topics. Brought to you by SSI Guardian, Living Well with Dr. Peg shares effective and practical psychological strategies based on biblical principles for living well. To learn more about the show or Dr. Peg's mental health consulting and publishing services, visit drpegradio.com. And now, here's your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Hello, listeners. I'm psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, and welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg. Living Well with Dr. Peg is brought to you by our sponsor, SSI Guardian, who has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training and solutions to learning institutions, faith-based, and professional organizations. Well, summer is underway, and I hope you're having fun. But, you know, for mothers, the challenges mom face, moms face every day continue year-round. And whether you're one of the over 60% of new mother, mothers who are in the labor force or one of the 5.2 million married stay-at-home moms or a single mom of teenagers, I think we can all agree that mothering is a balancing act. And to talk about this balancing act for moms, our guest on today's episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg is a mom and a wife of two who believes the role of moms is often overshadowed by popular culture, culture values. Jenny Dean Schmidt is passionate about the important role of mothers in modern America and has spearheaded a media movement to change the perception of moms everywhere. Jenny is the host of the Channel Mom Show, which airs right here on KRKS, as well as on YouTube and the Channel Mom Podcast. Jenny Dean Schmidt, thanks for being with me today, and welcome to the program. Now, it's my pleasure, Peg. You've been on my show as well, so I'm glad to be here. Oh, it's wonderful. Thank you so much. And our, our seats have switched, and yeah. so this is it's just an awesome honor and privilege to interview you today and have you on the show. Now, Thank Jenny, you. you've had an extensive career in TV news, uh, where you've worked as an on-air reporter, producer, and writer for mm-hmm. ABC News, the McNeil-Lair Report, NewsHour, and other news network affiliates in major U.S. cities. And you even won an Emmy <laughs> for your reporting. All this, and you're a mom. <laughs> yes. A lot of that was done before I was a mother, okay. I have to say, yeah. <laughs> All right. And I only have one Emmy. My friends have like 25 or oh, 30. So. <laughs> well, hey, guess what? I have zero. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Well, now, women like yourself who have accomplished so much uh, inspire other women like me, uh, especially young women, I think, and mm-hmm. girls who can look up to you um, to achieve their dreams. They see you doing it, and it inspires them. Uh, but just because we can do it all, does it mean that we should do it all or that we even have to do it all? Right. Well, I think that when we attempt to do it all, uh, everything gets done in a mediocre mm. way. Um, and you do have to have a balancing act where you're choosing one thing over another moment by moment mm. and say, I'm going to do this well, and so I'm going to forfeit this, and I'm going to do this well, so I'm going to forfeit this. Because if you're trying to do them all at the same time, everybody knows you can't balance 60 plates at the same time effectively. You really need to concentrate on the one each, you know, at a time. Yeah. So 
everyone knows that on some level, but I think we all still try anyway. What do you think Absolutely. drives that? Abs- well, a lot of stuff. Um, I mean, we're going to have a great talk today because I've got some research to back up what I'm going to say. But um, I, I sort of stepped out of TV, and I'm going to quickly just tell my story so so that your audience Please. can know where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. I, I was in television for years. Um, TV was my god. Mm-hmm. And, um, being on television was my religion. I took myself seriously. The world took me seriously because back then there were only five or six stations. Now we have you know 800, 900 stations. So I, I took all of that very seriously, and I took um, you know kind of fame and that popular culture thing very seriously. I I had a baby at 34, so that was a little bit later. And when I became, I lost my job in Cleveland. I, a new news director came aboard. He wasn't interested in keeping me on, and. And it wasn't that I was, you know, a horrible reporter. He just wanted his own people. Well, I, maybe he thought I was a horrible reporter, but, I, you know, he just brought in his own folks. And so I was done with that job. I very quickly realized that I, when I became, quote, unquote, just a mom, and I know we're going to talk about that, nobody thought I was important anymore mm. as compared to when I was on television. And and so we have this this popular culture thing that's going on where we're, we're holding all this stuff in the po- up in the spotlight, and I think – the social media thing is a new phenomenon mm-hmm. that is driving women to think they need to do it all and to look good while doing it, you know. So so we hold these things up in the popular – thank you, Don. Um, hold these things – I just got some water from yes. your <laughs> wonderful board operator. Uh, we hold all this stuff up in, in the popular culture, which is to, to be famous, to be rich, to, to have a certain kind of car, to have a size 2 dress, to – you know, that kind of stuff. And so all the things that, that matter over here get overshadowed by the stuff in the popular culture. And what God began to show me – and by the way, I didn't, I didn't become a believer till I became a mother. Wow. Um, and when I became a mother, he began to show me how all that stuff pales in comparison to, to the really important stuff that he has for us, you know, serving him and serving others. And by the way, serving others is – Serving your babies. Yes. And first the, and, and foremost. Right. And the popular culture doesn't hold that up at all. Mm-hmm. So I had to keep going back to God to say, mm-hmm. this is important. I'm raising the next generation for the God of the universe. And the old TV stuff, while people thought that was important, is not nearly as important to in comparison to what I'm doing as a mother. Right, right. And it doesn't mean that we can't, in our professions, serve the kingdom either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but it's when I think the key thing that you said is you made you made a God out of that career. Absolutely. And put it first. Now, when you've established yourself as a professional for so many years, at, at, at 34, you said mm-hmm, you became mm-hmm. a mom, so at least a decade or more of professional experience in your chosen career, it's really hard to let go of that. Though, Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and let me say this. You made a great point, Peg. The I'm not saying that working moms have it wrong. I'm not saying you shouldn't work and also be a mother. I, I am just saying don't let the motherhood be overshadowed by the career. It's it's not less important, mm-hmm. you know, and our culture will tell you that it is. Right. Um, yeah, of course it's hard to let it go, especially since it was my religion, as I said. And I got a lot of attention for being on TV back then. Mm-hmm. And people thought I was important because I was on TV. So if I walked into a party and said, hey, I'm on Channel 4, which I was here in Denver, People, oh, my gosh, I think I've seen you. What's your name? Mm-hmm. You know, whereas I walk in and say, hey, I'm mothering two children. Nobody would turn their heads. Nobody would care. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so you, we have to continually lift ourselves up or have, you know, help from God to do that, to say, yeah, it is important what I'm doing when I come home from that job if, mm-hmm. if I work outside of the home. Yeah. Now, the key is to be like me, the mother of twins. You walk in a room and say, I'm the mother of twins. And people actually, yeah, that, that gets their attention yes, a little bit. Does, but say, yeah. I'm the mother of two if they're not twins. Yeah. People feel that's pretty ordinary, and I'll talk a little bit more about my twins a little bit later. Um, So when we look at feeling like I might not measure up, 
Um, well, Jenny's done it all. She's been on television, and now look at her. She really understands that motherhood is so important, and I'm still struggling in that area. There might be listeners who aren't even believers, mm-hmm. and they haven't made uh, put God first, let alone their children above their career. And so it's easy to play that comparison game, isn't it? To, oh. to on the one hand, you're an inspiration of what you've accomplished in your career, how you've how you've prioritized parenting. Um, that inspires a lot of people. Um, but at the same time, it's easy to then compare yourself and feel like you're just not measuring up, feeling guilty because you are just a mom or in your career you haven't accomplished all that you've accomplished. That you've accomplished. What do you tell women in that? Well, I'm, I'm wanting to know how much time I have left in this segment because mm-hmm. I want to I want to answer this well. Um, let me let me let me just first and foremost say this. Every mom out there who may be feeling guilty about one thing or the other, that she's not doing as well as she should at her job or she's not doing as well as she should in mothering, please give yourself a break. Mm-hmm. My, my biggest sentence to you is, no, you can't do it all and have it all at the same time. You can't if you're going to do it well. I, I've interviewed a lot of people on my show, some very well-known people, and um, two that are, are big on the top of my list for saying you can't have it all. They both happen to be news anchors at Fox News mm-hmm. the National. Um, Gretchen Carlson and Andrea Tentaros have both said to me, I want women to know they can't have it all. And these women look like very successful women. Mm-hmm. Well, Andrea happened to say to me, she doesn't have children yet. She said mm-hmm. a, a, a colleague and I were comparing notes or a friend and I were comparing notes. And she said, isn't it funny how for so many years we've been trying not to get pregnant so we could put our career first. And now we would kill to be able to get pregnant, wow. you know, because they're too old in, in, in many cases and, and they're struggling. They're going through infertility mm-hmm. and everything else. And I'm not saying Andrea is really old, but, but she admits that this is a struggle for women. Mm-hmm. So, so we do have our culture saying, oh, girl, you got to go out and make your $100,000 a year salary and, and you got to do that first. And so put babies aside because they're not nearly as important. You can get to that. Mm-hmm. And so there's this conflict. So let me just say to moms, no, you can't have it all at the same time. So, so on a day-by-day basis, focus and say, okay, today is a day I have to stay late at work. So kiddos, you know, I've got a plan to do something with you on Thursday night. Let's make sure we do that. I'm going to focus you on you on Thursday. I'm coming home early from work. So there is an actual balancing act that goes on. Yeah. And you, you just have to make choices day by day. But don't feel bad when you're, you're over, um, how do I put this? Don't be, feel bad for the day you choose work mm. and then the day you choose to do just your kids. Kelly Ripa, who's on television with uh, Michael, can't remember who the co-host, yeah, Strahan, Um, she said, when I'm at work, I feel guilty for not being at home. When I'm at home, I feel guilty for not being at work. Don't do that. Yeah. Just set the priority for the day, and and with God's help, uh, focus on that, and then then go to the next one the next day if you can. God's help and um, letting it be God's focus. What would God have you to do in this season? Mm -hmm. Right. Not only just on this day. Make that choice and then focus on it. But in this season in your life, there is a time for focusing on career. There is a time for motherhood. There is a time for retirement. There is a time for career changes. And so being very clear, what season are you in? And I think the best way to be clear about that is to seek the Lord. Absolutely. A really quick stat before we go to break. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I once read a survey, and I can't find it now, but where women, 90% of women said they would rather work part-time or be at home full-time than have a full-time job. You know, about 70% of women do work in the, the workforce close to full-time. Mm-hmm. So that means that most of our women would rather either be at home full-time or you know, be at home part-time. So the point is women feel very torn. Yes. They feel like they've got to go out and make money. So we can talk about that in the next segment. But yeah. you can make choices of sacrifice 
that allow you to choose a season with your children. Right. So this balancing act about making priorities, about seeking the Lord, uh, what would he have you to do with your life, number mm-hmm, one, mm-hmm. Uh, in this season as a mother, as a, as a career woman, if that's what a woman chooses, and then focusing in on whatever it is we're doing, focus on it, do it well. You mentioned social media and all of the distractions, and I see um, a lot of the, uh, you know, something I see, I walk every day. And I'm on the trail and I'll see moms out there. Good for them. They're walking. They're pushing their strollers. And guess what? They're on their phones. Mm -hmm. And so they may have toddlers. They may have older children that are walking along with them. And rather than engaging them, they're focused on something else. So, again, not to condemn moms, but to maybe suggest another way. Right. Right. And we can talk more about that. Absolutely. You're listening to Living Well with Dr. Peg. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. And my guest today is Jenny Dean Schmidt, host of Channel Mom Radio Program. There's so many challenges to being a mom, and perhaps one of the most important is keeping your child safe. We're going to take a break to hear from our sponsor, SSI Guardian. And when we come back, we'll take a closer look at the safety balancing act for moms. Stay with us. We'll be right back. One needs to look no further than today's headlines to understand the threats facing American schools. They remain soft targets for violent threats, and yet our schools go largely underprepared. Our children deserve the highest level of education in the safest learning environment possible. The SSI Guardian QAL, or Quick Action Lockdown, is the fastest and safest way to lock down a classroom. This revolutionary device provides schools with maximum locking protection while meeting all safety, fire, and building codes. Designed by the leading lock experts in the world, the QAL is the only lock that meets Department of Homeland Security primer recommendations. SSI Guardian QAL now makes classroom lockdowns fast and safe with the red button. As a parent, you have every right to demand that your child is afforded the best classroom protection. Take action today by calling SSI Guardian at 877-878-5800 or go to guardianprotect.com. That's guardianprotect.com. To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Welcome back, everyone. I'm psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, and you're listening to Living Well with Dr. Peg. We're talking with Channel Moms, Jenny Dean-Smith. Schmidt, excuse me, Jenny. It's a hard name. name. (laughs) You can learn more about Jenny and Channel Mom at channelmom.com. Jenny Dean Schmidt, thank you for being with us today. Oh, my pleasure. Now, you had some thoughts during the break that I want you to share with the listeners. Yeah, I, I want to just re- quickly revisit the balancing thing. Because if there's a mom right now in the car or at a computer or wherever she's listening to this show, and she's maybe got tears streaming down her face, she's she's upset about how, how am I doing this all and am I doing it well enough? Um, and many of them feel like they need to do something to at least change their mindset. I had a woman in the studio yesterday when we were pre-taping the show, and she happened to be talking to the president of MOPS, who we also mm-hmm. had in the show, MOPS International. And she started to cry because she said, I, I'm at home with my, with my four babies, but I feel like I have no purpose. I mm-hmm. feel like I should be out doing work. And I used to feel that way, too. I, I had the privilege of getting to be a stay-at-home mother. But I also felt bad that I wasn't out working in the, in the workforce, and my husband was having to earn all the money. I just want to urge you. I, I have this little hanger that I brought into studio. We can't see it on camera like we do in my show, but um, that that's one of those pants hangers, you know, with the little clips. And on one side I have clipped work, and on the other side I have clipped mothering. And I will 
hang this next to my desk. And on any given day, I'll look up at it. And, and strangely enough, some days it'll be tipped a little to work and some days it'll be tipped a little to mothering. And I think that's okay. That, you know, if I, I was off just taking a walk with my kids in the woods, I, I got to not feel guilty about, you know, some deadline I missed because I chose to do that with my children today and, and vice versa. If I'm trying to make a deadline and I have to say to my kids, sorry, I can't, you know, do whatever you want me to do till six tonight, then I have to be all right with that. You mm-hmm. just have to make choices. So I just want the moms to not beat themselves up, number yeah. one. And number two, if you're really struggling, if you think I'm not prioritizing properly, take set aside a Saturday and say, family, I am going out on, on a long walk or I'm going to a hotel for a day or I'm doing whatever you can afford. Um, and, and if you're a prayer, just pray, bring your Bible, uh, journal and say, what is it, Lord, that I should do differently mm-hmm. to, to, to change my balancing act? Because I feel like one thing's winning out more than the other and I don't want it to be that way. That's right. So take some time to because you, you owe it to yourselves and to your children. Yeah. You know, I wrote a book called Do Something Different for Change. And, and what I'm aware of is that most people say they want change, but they're not willing to make changes. Yes. They want something different, but they're not willing to do something different. Why? Because change is hard. Yeah. It's scary and it comes at a cost. And that's really what you're talking about here is making those choices If we can't have it all and do it all well all at the same time, we have to choose what are we going to let go of? What are we going to sacrifice? Because in this season, we're elevating something that God has shown us we have to elevate. Yeah, you know, one more thing. When I interviewed Andrea Tentaros, who's got a new book called Tied Up in Knots, Mm -hmm. and it's about basically the the subtitle is how getting what we wanted made women miserable. Mm. And I'm not bashing feminism entirely at all because it helped women advance in some ways. But in another way, it gave us more to do. And and we now are expected to be men and women at the same time. And there are surveys now done that say women in general are less happy than they were in the 50s when more of them tended to, you know, tended to stay home. Not bashing working women, not bashing feminism. But I, what I am saying is I think maybe we have feminism on steroids hmm. and it's hurt women mm. um and and, and the, the family yeah, absolutely absolutely yeah. so so don't feel bad about what you're saying to mm-hmm. deciding to make some changes yeah absolutely well you know it, this kind of mom bashing and kind of we bash ourselves i think first because yes. we're not living up to these standards that as you talk about on your channel mom program the media sometimes kind of perpetuates some of these stereotypes and standards that are not necessarily of God. And so one of the areas that I think that really has come out uh, in recent months is mom bashing around safety. And we all heard about the quote unquote gorilla mom, as she was referred to her three year old climbed into the gorilla cage at the Cincinnati zoo. Thank God he was safe and Mm -hmm. wasn't killed. Um, uh, We also had what they call quote unquote, the alligator mom and dad, the uh, poor little boy was stolen away by the alligator and later found dead. What a tragedy. I couldn't even imagine Mm-mm. the pain and the, and the suffering. And yet we see a lot of people bash those parents, bash the mom in particular. Um, and so we see any mom who takes her eyes off her kids uh, is automatically um, publicly um, trashed in -hmm. in social media in particular and we know as moms anything can happen to an unsupervised kid and yet we really want to say it's the mom's fault when these bad things happen Um, and I know as a psychologist I think it all goes back to Freud the mom bashing Mm -hmm. Uh, there's even a term um, in psychology referred to as schizophrenogenic mom meaning it's a mom who makes a person schizophrenic 
Um, and what is all this mom bashing about in your in your opinion with all the people that you've interviewed, your observations? Well, first of all, just about everybody I interview say social media and just uh, public exposure that we have on screens now has perpetuated it mm-hmm. to, to the nth degree. And I, my guess is in the 18th century, it wasn't as bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, you could make a mistake and no one found out about yeah. it, number one. Right. You would just thank the Lord your child was safe. Right. Plus, we also have these false images of everybody on social media. I'm not taking a picture of the, the moment when my teenage son is yelling at me and, and angry with me for nagging him. You know what I mean? I, I'm not taking that picture. I'm taking the picture of him, you know, going off to prom with it, and he's got his arm around mama before he leaves, right, you know, and then, right. they, then we all look perfect. So we have these ridiculous false images to, to live up to. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a, a friend who's been on the show a couple of times named Jill Savage, and she's a well-known mom author, she wrote a book called No More Perfect Moms. Mm-hmm. And, and what she's saying is we're better together. She's got a brand new book also called Better Together. And she's saying moms need to stop being beating each other up mm-hmm. because then we cannot ally and be be allies right. um, to help each other do better and, and instead we're too busy beating each other up trying to make ourselves look better than the person we're beating up. Really that's what that's about. Absolutely. It's an ego thing. Absolutely I agree. If I can point the finger at all of your flaws and failures as a mom I can feel better about yeah. myself and my parenting. Absolutely. And uh, no one has to know again as you said back when my 21 year old twins were toddlers there was no social media, so no one knows that my son was walking down three brick steps in front of our home, and I let go of his hand thinking he could do it on his own, and he fell like a tree straight down, hit his hit his forehead, yeah. you know, and had a big old knot and, you know, a bruise for, for weeks. Nobody knows that except now that I just told them, but yeah. I can feel better about my parenting when I point the finger at someone who did had something worse happen to their kid. Sure, but you got to... Oh, goodness. Again, this is a time to sit down and pray. And if you don't pray, just meditate and say, all right, I want to think about this and, and draw some lessons, um, you know, from Scripture and from, from you know, what I, I see unfolding. And let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say you want you, you do judge other moms and you feel other ju- moms judging you and you don't like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'll be honest. When I hear the gorilla story, when I hear the alligator story, I'll, I, I'm the first to say, ah, oh, what were they doing wrong there? You know, were they not watching their kid well enough? I, I do judge when I should not. Okay, so let me let me say this. I was the bubble wrap mom. My kids went out the door in bubble wrap. I, you know, helmets and pads and all the other stuff. Now, eventually, my son rebelled, which he should have. I wanted him to be a tough guy. But I, I, my BFF, Shelly, who's on the show sometimes with me, is opposite. She she was like, ah, sure, go dirt biking, you know, and, and very relaxed and, and so on. And, and and I have a new appreciation for what I was doing versus what she was doing mm-hmm. and the pluses and minuses for both of us. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I did this with my children. I was very safe with them. I always thought of the worst case scenario. So I said, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. I didn't let my son go on a bike ride by himself till he was, I don't know how old. And we live up in the mountains where there are no cars, you know, and I was just very cautious. So I will be honest, my children never had a broken bone or any kind of a sprain or anything like that. Not on their forehead. Well, (laughs) yeah, I think they had some knots on their forehead, you know, but, but, and Shelly would stand here and admit to you that she has one child, I think who had three or four broken bones at different times. One or two of the others also had broken bones and sprains and all the other stuff because they got to do more physically. But I, now also see the way in which maybe I made my kids too cautious Mm. and too fearful and not brave, you know, go out and experience Mm. the world and, and go for it. And, Trust God and, and do what you can. So so there's a balance there, there too. There as well. You know, Absolutely. so so yes, I do think you should make a, a, a mental check before you you allow your child to do something. 
what could happen here mm-hmm. and is it worth the risk? And then in some cases, absolutely it's worth the risk, but warn them, yeah. you know, be careful for this, mm-hmm. you know? So don't just send them out the door willy nilly. I, I do think sometimes like in the zoo, you say, Hey, when we're going by all these cages, make sure you don't go up to the fence and fall over, right. you know, just simple things like that. Right. And knowing your children, again, I have twins, a boy and a girl, they're 21 now. And they have very different personalities. Some of it is due to gender, and a lot of it is just due to their personalities. And so you have one child who's a little more cautious, a little more skittish perhaps, a little more fearful, and another one who's ready to just jump out there. So you have to also know your children. So push the one a little bit who kind of is reserved and hangs back so they can grow and be challenged and stretched and learn to trust the Lord, as you said, and maybe hold back the other one a little bit because they might be reckless. They may not realize some of the risks and dangers. So it really is about knowing your child, knowing their energy level. If you have one kid that you know is going to swing from the chandelier and is going to climb on everything, you might want to have a closer eye on that kid. And here's a quick takeaway. Um, For any mom out there who sometimes finds herself being judged, I want you to remember that when somebody else makes a mistake Mm -hmm, and say, you know, look, the grace that I want, I need to give. So on the day, maybe it was even in private and it didn't, you know, nobody knew about it, but you allowed your child to do something or you caught your child doing something, whatever it is, you think, man, I I would like grace for the fact that my child did this and that I allowed it or didn't realize it was happening. And and try to extend that same grace to another mom. And remember that the days that haven't gone well for you, we're all sinners. (laughs) We all mess up. So give grace as you want it back. Yeah. And what I know as a therapist is when you see people uh, who are very judgmental of others, it often is a reflection of just how they feel about themselves, that they're beating themselves up as well. And they're kind of projecting that onto others. They're not feeling good about where they are and what they're doing and feel like they're falling short. And so they're a little more harsh on others. Yeah. The hurt people hurt Hurt people, people and, and, and self self judging people judge others as well as a, as a general rule. Well, you're listening to living well with Dr. Pegg. Brought to you by SSI Guardian, who has set the new standard in advanced safety education. To learn more about SSI Guardian, visit them at guardianprotect.com. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Our guest today is Jenny Dean Schmidt, host of Channel Mom Radio. We've been discussing the balancing act that all moms have to perform. We're going to take a break. But first, are you a good mom or a bad mom? And how do you make that determination? Jenny will share her thoughts when we come back. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstra. Turkey's president is asking the United States to extradite a Muslim cleric he accuses of being behind yesterday's failed coup attempt. In a televised speech, President Erdogan said Turkey's never turned back any extradition requests for terrorists by the U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry said earlier the U.S. would consider the request, but Turkey would have to provide evidence of any wrongdoing by the cleric who now lives in Pennsylvania. President Obama pledging to support the Turkish government and work with it to maintain the safety of diplomatic personnel and U.S. service members. In a statement, Mr. Obama stressed the need for the democratically elected government to, quote, act within the rule of law and avoid actions leading to further instability. Hundreds of law enforcement officers from across the country joined with Navy personnel to honor Patrick Zamaripa, who was killed last week by a gunman in Dallas. This is SRN News. Hey, it's Hugh Hewitt. The best conservative conference of them all has finally made its way to Colorado. This is Hugh Hewitt, and I'm looking forward to the 2016 Red State Gathering at the Grand Hyatt Hotel in Denver, August 12th through 14th. It's a weekend packed with all-star speakers, fun-filled receptions, hundreds of patriotic friends, just 90 days before the election. 
speakers include Rick Perry, Colorado Congressman Ken Buck will be there along with some of your favorites from 710 KNUS, including Peter Boyles, Town Hall's Katie Pavlik, and Guy Benson, Hot Air's Ed Morrissey. We've also invited South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, Senator Ted Cruz, among other elected officials. We expect to hear from them soon. Attendees at this year's Red State Gathering will be able to participate in activism training, learn the latest issue updates from the program tracks on criminal justice reform and crony capitalism. Seats are going quickly, so reserve your spot today. Use discount code DENVER to save $50 off registration. Visit redstate.com for more information. The Red State Gathering in Denver. It's one political party you won't want to miss. Psalm 24.1 tells us that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That's Chris Brown talking about money from a biblical perspective. 1 Corinthians 4.2 tells us that those who have been entrusted to be managers must prove faithful. We get to manage the Creator's stuff. Think about it. Then listen every weekday to Chris Brown's True Stewardship, managing God's blessings God's way for God's glory. Listen to Chris Brown's True Stewardship weekday afternoons at 2.30 on 94.7 KRKS. Hi, I'm Alan Davis with Signs of Change, the Godly Sign Show, every Saturday at 4.30 on KRKS 94.7 FM. The Signs of Change brings great local business leaders to, to you like Krista Judd, who will help you gain financial independence, David Townsend, who will teach you how to travel the world, and Dave Pavick of Catholic Charities, who will teach you the joy of giving. Now make sure you join us for Signs of Change, the Godly Sign Show on KRKS. The Godly Sign with Alan Davis, Saturday afternoons at 4.30 on 94.7 KRKS. To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark. Welcome back, everyone. I'm psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark, and you're listening to Living Well with Dr. Peg. We're talking with Jenny Dean Schmidt, the host of Channel Mom. You can check out Jenny at channelmom.com. And Jenny, I mentioned to you I'm the mother of twins, a girl, Allie, and a boy, Richard, and they're 21, as I mentioned, um, both college graduates woo, woo, yeah, congratulations. with no debt. Wow. Uh, praise the Lord. Yeah. And my daughter works in Chicago. My son is in Atlanta. And, um, you know, when they were younger, I used to joke, uh, you're not a real mom until you've had twins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, two at the same time being breastfed, two up all night, two being potty trained all at the same time. It's challenging until I talk to more moms who actually had an infant and a toddler. And I actually think that might be more difficult because at least twins are going in the same direction yeah. at the same time, at least early on. And so it really kind of begs the question of, again, as we talked about, why do we compare? You know, you're not a real mom till you've had twins. Oh, well, until you've had an infant and a toddler, you don't really know what stress is. Well, you know, what about teenagers? And we're always trying to one-up or outdo each other. And there's this notion of... Um, being, you know, being perfect and playing this comparison game. Um, and there's a new movie out now that kind of reflects uh, what we've been talking about, this theme in the culture, maybe even a spirit that's in the culture. It's a movie called Bad Moms. I'm not endorsing it. I haven't seen it. I don't know if I'll even go see it. And so, but I think it's worth discussing in the context of what we're talking about today because it really is a reflection of our culture, I think. Uh, one of the themes of the movie is um, three overworked and underappreciated moms are pushed beyond their limits. And there's a line in the movie trailer where one of the moms says, I'm so tired of trying to be this perfect mom. I'm done. And, of course, her rebelling against that perfect mom is kind of the fodder for the 
you know, comedy mill of the movie. Um, but there is this pressure to be perfect, and the movie seems to tap into that. It looks at some of the extremes in those stereotypes, the perfect mom pitted against the bad mom. And even though it's just a movie, nobody wants to be the bad mom, do they? No, no. And, and, and it's ironic that we've set women up, and, and, and men deal with pressures as well. But we've set women up because, you know, in the 60s, we began to say, I'm women, woman, hear me roar. I can have it all. I can wear the pants. Um, I'll bring home the bacon fried up in a pan, that very famous commercial. And so we can do it all. Yeah. And and so we've set women up to say, hey, girl, you need to go out and, and make a big salary, drive a nice car, have a perfect home and be a size two, by the way. Even if you've just given birth to babies, <laughs> um, you need to have all those things. But oops, by the way, we also think you should be a perfect mom. Now, mind you, they don't give the woman enough time to be a perfect mother when they're pushing her in, in all these mm-hmm. other directions to be. You, you need to be dieting because you got to be a size two. You need to be working your tail off so you can live in a big fat house. I mean, you know, women are stretched in all directions, and so of course something's going to fall down. And you can judge anybody for anything, truly. And and I, I, you know, there are different translations of the scripture, but judge. Not that you be not judged. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. If you're going to enter into the judging game, you're going to get judged right back. Yeah, he's when that sin cast the first Right, time. right. Yeah. And and forgive as, as you want to be forgiven, yeah, et cetera. Right. You know, and again, I'm not, for the biblical scholars out there, I'm not getting the translations exactly right. <laughs> but um, the, the concept is there. And, and and so I see the enormous pressure on women um, to, to, to be the perfect mom, yet there's no time to be the perfect mom. No time, and even what is the standard, Jenny? Well, how do we even measure the striving for if we could be perfect? Well, what does that even look like? I don't know, and I think, again, I think it's an image thing, I mean, you know, with, with the era of branding and social media, that, that I, I'm not sure that we would have had a quote-unquote perfect mom in mind in the 18th century or the 19th century even, but now I think it has to do with an image Mm. you know you see and christina applegate actually is in this movie but you see the perfectly quaffed mother and and she's in her kitchen and at the same time she's got her laptop over here because she's getting some work done at the same time right and and then she's off you know being and i we don't even like soccer in our family no offense to any soccer players but because we're a football family (laughs) but um well football is soccer yeah that's right sure that's right she's off at the soccer game and so on and and again i my apologies for somebody who loves soccer we just happen to be you know lovers of football so so she's trying to do all these things she's looking perfect and she is slender and she's wearing just the right things but again that's all image yeah we don't know what's going on internally with her Mm. what she's teaching her children Mm -hmm. and i've got some tips in the last segment for moms about how do you sit down and make a game plan Mm -hmm. for what you want to pass on to your children before they walk out of the house yeah because you are raising the next generation and the world will thank you if you do it well that's right and so you got to make a game plan for that at some point yeah our, our director of pastoral counseling at my church always says one of the important jobs of parenting is to make sure that your children don't embarrass you or themselves. And she's not saying that in terms of being superficial and it's all about me. Mm-hmm. But it really is, can you go out into the world and function in a way that makes sense in, in the world? And, and that, of course, is according to God's principles, that you're not an embarrassment to yourself. You yeah. know? And, and we have this millennial generation today and not to bash a whole generation, but some of the the values of the generation, I think, are really anti-God. 
Absolutely. Well, the screen thing, I mean, screens are our God. Mm -hmm. Here's the other danger. I was thinking about a a gentleman that I had on the show a while ago who wrote a book called Household Gods. His name is Mm -hmm. Ted Cluck. And he said, we are making our children into idols at the same time that we're bashing mothers. Mm. I mean, it's a very odd thing in the way in which we're being pulled. Mm -hmm. In fact, that's why this Hollywood movie makes me mad. And I, and I, you know, Warner brothers, whoever produced it, I don't know who produced 20th century Fox, whoever Whoever. it is, they, they, they can all come after me, Mm -hmm. but, but I'm allowed to review a movie and which I haven't even seen. (laughs) My, My concern is in reading the, the description of it, that, we, they've, Hollywood has somehow managed to figure out a way to bash the bad moms for being bad and the, to bash the perfect moms for trying to look perfect even though they're not. Mm-hmm. And so all moms get slayed by the, you know, the potential of this movie. I don't know what it ends up saying at mm-hmm. the end. I gotta admit that. But, but I, I do get concerned that women are drawn in all different directions and yet they're bashed in all those directions mm-hmm. as well. And I do want to be honest. I do think motherhood often takes a back seat in our popular culture and on our screens. And yet we're also telling women they should be perfect yeah. mothers. Yeah. So it's this irony yeah. Yeah. that we don't lift it up as a value, yet we, we demand that they be perfect kind of in the background right. scenes. And so, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a big uh, it's, it's shame on culture for, yeah. what, for what they're doing to yeah. women. And by the way, we're demeaning men in the middle of all this, too. Oh, so that'll be a whole other show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. the way uh, men, and especially fathers, are, are portrayed in, in, in the media as very often as the buffoon who Absolutely. messes everything up. Almost every single time. Jokes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so there's this interesting paradox that you're pointing out that we, we elevate mothers and put this standard out there. You've got to be perfect, and yet we're bashing them. And not only do some people make um, their career their God, but they might even make motherhood an idol as well. Yeah. Um, instead of instead of keeping God in His rightful yeah. place and doing you know raising our kids according to His standards. It's all part of that balancing yeah. act to make sure that you because you and I are talking about how important motherhood is. Yeah. And to help a mom balance it and not be uh, wooed away by the world. Right. Okay? Right. But I'm also not telling you to make your children your idols. Exactly. Or to make your perfect mothering your idol exactly you know yeah so. and that's an important balancing act as well you know we'll see on uh social media i'm i'm first in line as a proud mother and um having you know graduation photo of my children and we can take that even to the extreme where you'll see some children they don't know how to live their lives just to live it it's all being posed yeah. for the camera yeah. and you're we're seeing a whole generation being raised like that and so in that way we're making idols of our children as well aren't we absolutely i, I watch my son on on snapchat first of all i make a habit of not posting my children's academic awards and things that they're doing on facebook because for one thing i don't want to make another mom feel bad mm. Um, and it's not that I think, oh, by the way, I, my kids are so great that all women will feel bad when they say how great my kids are. But I try not to do that. But I, I see my son, who, who's in my one time here, I'm going to say he's, a, he's like a straight A student and things like that. But he is a, the allure of the screen is just as big in his life. Mm-hmm. And I keep talking to his dad. We've got to limit this. We've got to. Every summer we used to turn off the TV yeah, the service yeah, they, for they, two months. That, uh... But TV now he fast. can look at his screen, his yeah, little tiny screen. Yeah. So he's Snapchatting. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever participated in Snapchat. I'm you aware a, of it. You take a picture every time and you send something. Away. So he's got <laughs> a million pictures of himself all day long in various whatever. And I think this is idol worship. Yeah. 
this is all about you and and he's always you know posing and you know this picture and that picture for this friend yeah. or that girl or whatever and i think this is not okay yeah. it's not about you all day long you need to look outside of yourself you yeah. know yeah so we can make idols of our children uh, the culture and kind of the environment with social media can cause them to think they're the center of the world yes. and, and um, you know narcissism and entitlement has been written a lot about for this upcoming generation and so it's just things to be really mindful of Absolutely. and so in terms of being um, good mom perfect mom bad mom um, how do we how do we sort through all of that well this is where I'm going to get scriptural okay. I, I do try to go to the word every morning and say, you know, what is it that God has to show me today? And then I try to go to my kids with either whatever I've learned or their own devotions. And I think, okay, I want to set the stage today for what should matter in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, Loving God, helping others, being humble, serving. You know, I try to make sure my kids serve. And again, I'm going to give some tips in the last segment about ways that you can structure your children's lives with a plan that directs them at least to value what you want them to Mm -hmm. value. They can throw it all away when they're 18, but you at least want to have a plan. instilled it in them. So I will say that I do go to scripture and, and say, what does God say is important? And what does he say should be tossed out? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I try to revisit that with my kids daily wow. if I can, mm-hmm. but but sometimes we're much too busy and I don't. And also teachable moments. Mm-hmm. If I can find a teachable moment and and draw something out and say, well, what do you think Jesus would have done in this situation, or what would you, what do you think God would have liked you to do, or should you be forgiving this person, or how would you feel if somebody were judging you? Mm-hmm. You know those kind of things, which are all biblical values. Yeah, absolutely. Whenever I can bring them in, I try to bring them in. Yeah. Um, I, but again, I am not perfect. But at, but at least I try to go back to scripture and say what, what I want to pass on to my kids on a daily basis. Yeah, excellent. And again, that takes time, doesn't it, Jen? Oh, now we yeah. we can do it on the fly, and I think you know five minutes a day is better than nothing. Uh, but to really model that, number one, for your children to ha- to spend time in the Word yourself, hearing mm-hmm. from the Lord, so that you can be led and directed by the Holy Spirit. All of that requires time. So we're back to that same balancing act yes. of what are you going to give up? What are you going to focus on in this moment, in this season? You're lis- listening to Living Well with Dr. Peg. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, and my guest today is Jenny Dean Schmidt, host of Channel Mom Radio. You can learn more about what she's doing at ChannelMom.com. Our topic is the balancing act for moms. We're going to talk about some tips for helping moms with this balancing act when we return. Don't go away. We'll be right Schools can no longer afford not to invest in a professional evidence-based advanced safety education training program. It's the single most important decision and investment a school administrator will ever make in their professional career. When all else fails, training and preparation are the only things that will increase your chances of survival in a violent incident such as an active shooter or active terrorism. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training programs tailored to your needs. While there are many basic training programs largely based on opinion and emotion, SSI Guardian is the only advanced training program of its type with an accredited continuing education unit or CEU issued by an accredited university. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training and solutions to learning institutions, faith-based and professional organizations. To learn more, call SSI Guardian today at 877-878-5800 or visit guardianprotect.com. 
To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark. Welcome back, everyone. I'm psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark, and you're listening to Living Well with Dr. Peg. We're talking with Jenny Dean Schmidt, host of Channel Mom Radio, and you can learn more about Channel Mom at channelmom.com. You're the bomb.com, Jenny. <laughs> I'm enjoying our conversation. Um, you've had countless guests on your show, um, authors, bloggers, experts in mothering and parenting, and you yourself, you're a mom who's been successfully, I think, doing this balancing act, probably made a lot of mistakes along the way, trial and error, but you're making choices and you're being led and directed by the Lord. Uh, so what tips can you share to help moms who are juggling kids, juggling work, husband, ministry, and whatever else they have on their plates? Um, maybe if you share a little bit what a typical day might look for you and what you do to keep your sanity and balance and then kind of what you've learned from the experts that you've interviewed. Sure. I mean, I'm going to give moms some takeaway tips today. Yeah. So, so, and by the way, this is not a long list that you have to follow to have one more thing to oh, make you okay, feel like perfect. you're not measuring up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah good. So, so just takeaway tips, take whatever you like. I give speeches all the time and I just tell moms, take, take what you, yeah. you know. Well, put. there's a phrase I like, eat the fish and spit out the bones. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so just take, take what you need. Yeah. Um, to get back to you were asking about my day. I want to at least give my husband some credit. Yeah. Um, I, my husband and I are nursery school sweethearts. We've known each other since we were four. And so he brings a lot of stability to the situation. He is a high school principal, so he can handle the teenage thing in ways that I sometimes cannot because my kids are now both teenagers, Mm -hmm. 17 and 13. My son Otis is 17 and my daughter Georgia is 13. So he, he will help me in that arena sometimes. I want to admit first and foremost, folks, I am a carpet crier. I am somebody who just falls to the carpet on a regular basis and just cries out and says, I'm doing this wrong. I'm doing that wrong. So, so please know this is not a model of perfection that I'm about to give you. I just, these are little things that have helped me along the Mm -hmm. way to raise my children up. Well, first of all, if you're, if, and, and, and so these are some of the things I've leaned on through the years. And, uh, and, and by the way, it's always going to God first for me. Mm -hmm. And I would suggest that if you can, and if you're there, if you're, you're on a walk with God and maybe you're approaching a walk with God and maybe you reject God, but, but hopefully one day you can at least pass something like this onto your children. Establish a habit of prayer. Mm-hmm. So when I am a carpet crier, my kids used to see me when they were littler, smaller, I would go into my prayer closet. Yes. They'd be bashing on the door. Mommy, mommy, stop talking to God. But at least they got, they got that, that habit. Yeah. And so they see me. I do it in stores when we need help. Mm-hmm. I do it in parking lots. I do it wherever. And it's not that God's our vending machine, but my kids now understand. I see my son pray during sporting events. You know, he's a football player and a baseball player and a basketball player. He, he'll just pray. The, you know, he won a little championship in, when he was about eight. And he fell to his knees and thanked mm. God right after it was wow. over. Mm-hmm. My daughter will be in the mall and we're looking for something. And we need it badly. She'll say, Mom, we got to pray. And so I think, okay, they go to God yes. regularly because of this habit that I've set up right. in front of them. So that's number one. Num- number two, if you're having a day where you think, I, I, I've got it wrong. I, I, we, this isn't work, working out right. I'm doing too much of this. And my teenager's saying, Mom, you don't care about me. Or mm-hmm. my toddler's saying, I hate you, you know, like toddlers can do. And, um, and I want you to step back and say, what really matters in this moment? Is it really that I need to help somebody at work who's Mm -hmm. suffering greatly? You know, you're a counselor and you could have somebody in a suicidal situation. You think this is primary today. I I can find a good place for my kiddos. This is primary today. I'm going to save somebody's life. 
But on a different day, this this is momentous. You know, maybe your son is about to get an academic award and he'll be upset if you're not there to see it and say, sorry, work. This today is what matters most. So be willing to step back in the hurriedness of life mm-hmm. and breathe, as Johnny Diaz's song says. Just step back and breathe for a moment and say, which is more important here? Mm-hmm. And, and go with it. Um, usually you're going to get that right. You're going to know yeah, if you step back. Absolutely. Pick the most important thing. You know, yeah. they say sacrifice the good for the for the best. You know, mm-hmm. just pick what's best. Let me let me interject a quick yeah. little story that kind of you know re- affirms what you're saying there. Um, I had um, had the habit of attending my kids' events, and I made sure they knew I was there. And sometimes that might have meant I was clapping a little loud or mm-hmm. calling out their name. And my husband at the time, who's my children's dad, uh, he would say, you know, be quiet. Don't do that. You're going to embarrass them. And I'd say, no, no, you know, this is good. I want them to know I'm here and I'm excited. And um, one Mother's Day when my daughter was a toddler, she drew me a card that was like a little car- comic strip, and it had all these little boxes of, of scenes where I was um, doing things with her and for her. And one of them was me in an auditorium standing up cheering, saying, go, Allie. And so I just felt so, okay, she did appreciate yeah. that. She needed that. I wasn't embarrassing her. It let her know that I was for her and I was cheering for her. Yeah. So I think, yeah, prioritizing your child in that moment, whatever it might be, whether it's something small or something really momentous. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. It, do, it does make a difference. And a, and a quick encouragement for moms out there. I do think moms on a daily basis question themselves. Is mm-hmm. this the more important? Is that more important? Did I spend too much time with this? Please know that I think in the end, most of it is not wasted. Yeah. God will use whatever. Yes, yes. And so a mom staying at home right now who feels like she's a nobody, it's not wasted, That's my dear. Right. It is not wasted. Right. And if you're at work trying to do something because you know you've got an ultimate goal to help your family or to help somebody, it's not going to be wasted. So don't beat yourself yes. up because those moments aren't yeah, wasted. That's just important. It is. Principle. It yeah, is. Thank you. So set hours. I have a friend who's, who's the president of a company called Lemongrass Spa Products. I saw her start it in her home. She had three people to sell it for her. She's now got thousands. Uh, it's a very mom-centric company. Um, and, and she said to me one day, I said, how do you balance all this. You're raising your babies at home while you're running this company from home and growing it. She said, I have to set hours. Mm. So, so if you're in that mode where you think you've got the liberty to set hours, do it. Say, I absolutely leave work, whether it's in my house mm. or outside of my house. I absolutely leave it at six on Thursdays and Fridays or at four on Thursdays and Fridays. Set specific hours and abide by mm-hmm. them so that you know that those are the days that you have shorter hours for your kids or longer hours for your work. Whatever it is, set hours and abide by them. By the way, I'm really bad at this. Yeah. I'm just going to admit it. But it's a good, it's a very good tip. Okay. A couple other very quick things. Um, Make sure you have points of contact with your children throughout the day. Don't Mm. just let the day happen. Mm. That's why I try to have a devotion in the morning. If I can't, if I can't, um, I have a blessing at night. And this Mm. has been a point of contact since my kids were babies. A wonderful speaker came to a MOPS meeting I was at once. And she said, I give my children a blessing every night. Mm. I'm kind of a religiously habitual person. So I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good girl. And so I say, if I've said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. So I was adamant about giving my kids a blessing every night. I was following the rules of blessings, but I'll tell you what, it was a way for me to touch base with my children every night. It, it's all, it's a prayer essentially. And I usually try to bring in some scripture, try to bring in something about them that I'm, that I'm speaking into their lives that mm-hmm. I hope blesses them. I, you know, my son's a leader and I say, dear Lord, almost every night, please help Otis to be a good servant leader, mm-hmm. serving others, you know? And so I'm speaking things into his life that are positive. I'm sometimes saying, please help him to forgive me for what I did today that was not good. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a time of resetting, a time of bringing them closer to God, a time of speaking positive things into their life about how you view them. Even if you've been fighting with them all day, it's a time to reset. Right. So a blessing every night. And a, a blessing is a form of prophecy. 
It is. And by the same token, cursing our children yeah. is a form of prophecy. You never get anything right. How are you going to leave the house dressed like that? We're actually speaking that negativity over them. So as, as moms, being very mindful of the words we speak over our kids. Sure. And then the last thing, I want you to, as a mother, just, just take a moment. Even if it's just five minutes today, think, what do I want to pass on to my children mm-hmm. about what matters in this life and what they're called to do? Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, it's, it's to love God and to serve others. And so um, on, on a daily basis, and, and I shouldn't even say daily, weekly, I try to, to set these things for them in their lives. And I fail, just so mm-hmm. you know. Sometimes I fail miserably. Other days it goes well, and I see they're getting it, okay? So to love God and serve others. So I, I've set up two things in their lives. Number one is I've tried to make them consider the neighbors around us. Mm-hmm. Um, on a yearly basis, at least. So we make sure that we go give something to the veteran on Veterans Day. We make sure that we bake bread for the woman who was just widowed down the street. Mm-hmm. We make sure that we get, bring something to somebody on an anniversary of the death of their child. You know, whatever it is, we make sure that we go out and serve people and not always the people that are most lovely to serve. Secondly, every Christmas I challenge my children. I say, I want you to think of one person to give a Christmas present to that you don't necessarily want to give a Christmas present to. So it, maybe it's somebody they don't get along with in mm. school. Maybe it's somebody who's always in the principal's office. Maybe it's somebody who's not popular or pretty, um, it, so on and so forth. My daughter has done it religiously, much so, more so than my son. She's picked out a girl who really has a rough life and mm. is not popular or pretty and is always in the principal's office. Mm. But, the, but what she's set up for that girl, I see that this girl always wears the jewelry that my mm. daughter gives her. I see that this girl has written my daughter notes to say, you are my only, you know, sort of my only friend mm. kind of thing. And I, I see that just having my daughter set up a habit of loving somebody yeah. else who's unlovable and blessing them gets her outside of herself and, and allows her, empowers her to see that God has called her to make a difference for other people in this world for the better mm-hmm. and to love others well. And someone who perceives she's unlovable because, of course, we know God loves. Uh, absolutely. Yes. She loves that child. Mm-hmm. And it's not a pity thing. It's more I'm going to do this on purpose for God. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't look down on that girl, mm-hmm. but but as a way to love somebody that we wouldn't necessarily right. choose otherwise. Right. So those are some takeaways. Wow. I, was, I was said it fast. I'm a fast talker. Yeah. I hope people got it. Well, I, I think, again, even if someone grabs one little thing from right. the several tips that you've offered uh, that you and your experience, you haven't done them perfectly, but no. you've made a, you've made a commitment to do them and an effort to do them consistently. And planting those small seeds from a young age. And even if someone is listening saying, oh, gosh, you know, my kids are already teenagers. Jenny's been doing this since they were little kids. Doesn't matter. It it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You can see. Look, Sarah had her first baby at, what was she, 90? So, yeah, you can just go for it. Until the day you breathe your last breath, go for it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, uh, Jenny Dean Schmidt, uh, for being with me today. Um, living well with Dr. Pegg. Uh, Jenny, you're the host of Channel Mom Radio, which follows right after this program. 2.30 2.30 on Saturdays. And so um, what do you have coming up uh, on Saturday? Well, I, I don't, I'm not sure exactly when this mm-hmm. is airing. But oh, that's we, true. We so we've always, got, of, yeah. we've always got mom's shows. Yeah, we yeah. We've had the guys from Duck Dynasty. We've <laughs> had right. the daughter of Billy Graham. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you again so much. You've really been an inspiration today, and I know you've blessed the listeners and, and maybe changed some lives here today. I, I sure hope so. God yeah. bless the mothers. Well, awesome. Thank you, Peggy, thank for you having so me Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So you all are listening to Living Well with Dr. Peg. I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, and this episode was brought to you by SSI Guardian, who has set the new standard in safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training and solutions to learning institutions and faith-based and professional organizations. If you would like to learn more about the show, our sponsor, 
or listen to a podcast of a previous episode, visit drpegradio.com. Tackles. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Living Well with Dr. Pegg. Living Well with Dr. Pegg is brought to you by SSI Guardian, who has set the new standard in advanced safety education. If you'd like to learn more about the show, our sponsor, or mental health consulting and publishing services, visit www.drpegradio.com. Remember to join us every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 94.7 KRKS-FM for Living Well with Dr. Pegg.